Hello and welcome to the Mountain Conversations Marine Series, brought to you in collaboration with the Marine Conservation Society, the UK charity fighting for a cleaner, better protected and healthier ocean, one that we can all enjoy. The marine environment is a fascinating one, home to the smallest and largest of all living creatures. It's also a vital resource for all life on Earth. During each episode in this series, I'll be chatting with an expert from the marine world who will share their passion and knowledge with you, along with their insights on what we can all do to help our seas thrive in the future. This is a show about hope and positivity, and it's my hope that by learning something new in each episode about the work of amazing people who dedicate their lives to making a difference, you'll be inspired to take action and get involved in the efforts to preserve our beautiful home, planet Earth. I'm Charlie, and this is Mountain Conversations. Welcome back to this next episode of the Mountain Conversations Marine Series in collaboration with the Marine Conservation Society. Today I have the absolute pleasure of chatting with a comedian that you may have seen on Live at the Apollo, Mock the Week, and that's just to name a couple of the brilliant shows she's been part of. It is Zoe Lyons. Hi Zoe, welcome to the Marine Series of Mountain Conversations. Thanks so much for joining me. Absolute pleasure. Um, can I dive straight in and ask you to introduce what we're going to be talking about today? Yes, we're going to be chatting about, um, should we call it the power of the sea? I like that. I like the power of the sea and it's it's healing hold. That's how I like that. Yes, yeah. that's, that's a lot of mystery the there. Buoyancy. I feel like there's a lot yeah. of mystery to unpack there. So <laughs> brilliant. Oh, well, can I ask you? I ask all of my guests because I'm always fascinated. But can I ask you what it was that sort of sparked your, I say, passion for nature or you know your your, your desire to be out there in nature? Was there was there a one defining moment or was it a a I, lifetime? I was lucky enough to grow up in quite a rural part of Ireland um, uh, by the sea and uh, in a place called Dunmore East in County Waterford. And um, in the 70s, when there wasn't an awful lot going on, so actually nature was pretty much the only thing you had to enjoy. And we were really lucky. We lived in a, uh, a house that overlooked the sea from our kitchen window you could see out beyond the, the the cliffs and then down towards the sea and at night our entertainment at night and I'm not making this up was to turn off the kitchen lights and um count the fishing boat lights out to sea that was it this is very much pre-Netflix era <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was our version of streaming entertainment in those days and um it was beautiful it's, it was a beautiful part of the world and I was four, five, six years old and I vividly remember still the joy of being in those, there was heather on top of the cliffs, mm. really bouncy heather and lying in that beautiful bouncy heather and watching rolling seas and little fishing boats being tossed about in this, you know, this amazing swirl of salty wonder and uh picking wildflowers with my dad and taking them back to my mum and and that has really stuck in my head and that's really what um I think that's where the connection was first made and it's really strong it's really strong also beautiful pine trees around there as well and Mm -hmm. to this day I'm just obsessed with a pine tree I can't get enough (laughs) pine trees I love a pine tree I love the smell it reminds me of Christmas 
yeah, just lovely. <laughs> I was in I was in Kent the other day, and we were doing something in this small patch of woods, and it was all just beautiful pine trees. And honestly, I don't think I could have felt any happier. So, yeah, yeah it was that that I'm going to call it imprinting at a very early age and being very aware of the beauty of nature. Yeah, has uh, yeah, it's really solidified in me into yeah maturity. No, I think that's I, I love that. I mean, I. I've said before on this on this show that I didn't grow up near the ocean. I sort of grew up. Well, I, I grew up sort of. I, we, I was lucky enough to travel the world. My dad's military, so we, we traveled all over the place. But um, a big chunk of my childhood was in Yorkshire. And if you want to be further or furthest away from the sea, go to the middle of Yorkshire. Yeah. And that's where we were. Um, and so obviously I had trips to the beach and stuff, but it was never it was never sort of ingrained in me. You know, I never imprinted on the ocean like you say, like you say you did. But I think it's when I as I got older and I actually, I, I had a, a period of uh, recently living in North Wales, sort of near Anglesey. And oh, yeah. was, that was when I, I started to really explore it. It was the first time, you know, I could take the kids after school to the beach and yeah. we'd see these jellyfish that were washed up on the sea. And I'd never seen a jellyfish before. And yeah. it was, it was all this, I think for me, it was the curiosity. It was the, it was the, oh, I've learned this about this one thing. I now want to learn about the next yeah. thing and the next thing and the next thing and then I slowly started to realize as you call it the power of the ocean and yeah. seamlessly we seem to have we seem to have come to where we're going to talk about today what we're going to talk about today so you called it the power of the ocean can you expand on what you mean by that um I think it's such a basic human thing standing on the side of it, standing on the edge of land and looking out to sea. I think it's such a, it, it must be something so historically innate within human. Humans must have travelled to reach the end of land to to see oceans, mm. and um, uh, I, I it has such a deep psychological effect on me whenever I see the ocean. It is like a, it is a, a crossing of boundaries. It's a one thing finishing and another thing starting and it's I think that's why people spend a lot of time staring out to sea you know I live here in Brighton I watch people just sitting on the beach staring out to sea and it's um it's it, it just presents itself as a land of or or, or a, a space of other opportunity and mm-hmm. maybe I've thought too deeply about that <laughs> overcomplicated that but it is it's a it is in its most basic form a boundary, a boundary mm-hmm. between what you, where you're normally at home, where you're normally uh, ha- inhabit, and another world. Yeah. And that never leaves me. That sort of anthropological thing of I always imagine sort of you know people seeing the sea for the first time who'd who'd you know years and years, hundreds of years ago who'd never even seen a photograph of the sea or a, or had or an idea of the sea to 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 witness it with their own eyes for the first time must be must be mind-blowing mm-hmm. yeah. yeah um and yes I'm lucky enough now to live by the sea again I think that the power of the sea is that it draws you back it has that magnetic pull and um w- once you do get connected to it it's very hard to leave it it's mm-hmm. really hard to leave I can't imagine living in the landlocked situation now I really really can't no. um and uh yeah, particularly over the last two years, you know, with the pandemic and everything, I've spent more and more time in the water. And mm-hmm. it's, um, it, it had the, it really did have the power to get a lot of us through uh, a difficult time in, in our recent history. Um, 
Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think I, I, as I say, I lived in Wales. I've now moved, as you know, I've now moved over to North Norfolk. Um, so I've gone from one extreme to the other. But yeah. um, <laughs> but I couldn't be further away from anyone. But I I knew that I couldn't, I needed to, I needed to move, long story short, we needed to move, but I knew that I needed to move somewhere that was still this incredibly biodiverse coastal yeah. kind of region. I couldn't be, I presented the option of, you know, like Norwich or somewhere a bit more city-ish to the kids. Yeah. And they were like, no why <laughs> so, well, so they wanted to be by the sea too they absolutely and I'm oh, just great. thinking I'm yeah. just thinking back to what you said about the the wonder of seeing the sea for the first time and I've, I've still got a really strong image in my head of my um my now five-year-old the first time I took him to the sea and he'd had a really tricky start he was premature he's been through all sorts of operations and stuff but I remember one time when when he was well enough to be able to take him to out for the day and we went to the sea and I've still got I've got I can sort of almost see the video that I made of him just the first time he was like, oh, splashing yeah. in the waves and didn't go too far in, obviously, because he was only tiny. But I can just still see that that wonder and the excitement. And that still I that still lives with me, that wonder and the excitement every yeah. time I see the ocean. And I imagine it does with you. Yeah. And I've lived I've lived here for 18 years now I've been in Brighton and every single day without exception. Uh it still gets me because it's a different shape it's a different color it's got a different feel it's got a different mood it's very much like a sort of menopausal woman at times (laughs) really cranky and other times placid as it's you know sometimes it just angrily smashes itself against the walls and it's fascinating it's endlessly fascinating for me Mm-hmm. I know yeah. the colour what you say about the colour sometimes I, when I'm driving the kids to school I can actually I, we get a nice a shot of the ocean which is quite nice yeah. a nice view and sometimes it's green sometimes it's bright blue sometimes it's yeah. really like uh, brown and murky steely steely grey sometimes yeah. sometimes it's like that gunmetal grey like yeah. that is a cold dark place today <laughs> yeah it's got it's got all its moods mm-hmm. all like, of its different moods like one of those mood rings remember those nice yeah, no, so I, 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 um, I used to be absolutely terrified of the sea, and I'm still not. I think it's safe. I think it's like safety first to be a little bit terrified of the sea yeah. because it's such an unknown. Um, but I've obviously I've recently started exploring it. When I lived in Wales, I was swimming in the lakes and the sea, and I found that it had this amazing. People talk about the benefits of the mental, you know, for mental health, and I was I always thought. It's only swimming, you know, yeah. can, you know, I don't feel benefits going to the swimming pool at the leisure centre. So, you know, but yeah. I realised that once I started immersing myself in the cold water and sort of being surrounded in that. And I, I don't know if it was almost the vulnerability. It sort of took me away from all of the stuff that was going on in life. Yeah. And took me away from it and it it sort of it had such a healing power I don't know if that's something you've experienced with your cold water swimming that you can expand on yeah completely completely I sort of liken it to a human version of switching yourself on and off again it's like you know if something technical you know has a bit of a uh, a tick you turn it on and off again (laughs) that's getting in and out of cold water Mm -hmm. and again it wasn't I used to pre-pandemic I used to watch people swimming in the sea in the winter and go who are these (laughs) nuts yeah pleasure are they to i'm cold and i'm watching them i just Mm -hmm. couldn't i couldn't fathom it it just looked like the most alien ridiculous thing as much as i love the sea i had no desire to get in in december that's just nuts um and then 
obviously, you know, when everything was sort of taken away from us and, and options were limited as to what we could do with ourselves, um, myself and a couple of friends down here, they they started before me. They they were the ones that encouraged me to come come swimming with us. And I was like, you're crazy, but I started went in, I started in November, mm. um, in a bikini and a bubble hat, and um, uh, which is the right combination of clothes I found. Don't faff about with a wetsuit. No, I don't. No, no. no. Straight, yeah. <laughs> um, and the first time I went in, it literally took my breath away. It took my breath away uh, quite dramatically. And yeah. to that point where, you know, I could, I didn't know where my limbs were. Um, but after about three or four minutes, you just have this incredibly soothing, calming effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, yeah, it's, it's physiological and mental effects were yeah quite remarkable um and you know obviously kept going then and kept going and kept going and kept going and um I think at a time when we were all we were all very much landlocked in where we were able to go and what we were able to do and we felt very um restricted being out in the water and being able to look back at land Mm -hmm just changed perspective on a lot of things over that quite tricky time it was a, you know I mean as a comedian I lost all of my work um most of my friends did we were at loose ends we were all struggling with you know what we were going to do and how we were going to survive and being able to go out in the water and see things from a different perspective at a different level just really helped it just mm-hmm. really really helped um the other thing I noticed with I began to notice with it was um I, I like most performers, still get nervous before gigs and performances. And, you know, I do jobs where I can feel my anxiety rising before I get there. And I found that the longer I did the, the sea swimming and got more and more used to the cold, cold water, mm-hmm. uh, my stress levels dropped. They still were there. They were still there. I'd still get anxious and I'd still get sort of, you know, that sort of, you know those responses that you get when yeah. you sort of feel a bit tingling in your armpits and you get a bit sort of, oh, God, is this mm-hmm. going to be okay? But my body recognised it and went, oh, we've done this before. We did this on Monday when we got into the water and then just pushed it down. Mm. And since, yeah, since, since doing it regularly, my stress responses have really regulated. Yeah. And I, find, I find that really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I find that really interesting. Because it connects, that's then connecting your mind and body. Your your mind is having a little panic and your body goes, but it's all right, we've done this before. Mm-hmm. So then your mind goes, oh yeah, we'll be all right. And it's <laughs> it's it's uh, it's something I carry with me now. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, I'm very grateful that experience yeah I mean I I read recently I don't know I don't know where it is but I read recently about um GPs starting to prescribe sort of swimming and cold water swimming for people yeah well you think about it I mean here in Brighton you know um in the Victorian times they would have you know if you'd had sort of weak lungs or you know (laughs) you'd have you'd have been taken out of the cities and brought down here and dipped in the water in those you know massive swimsuits down to your knees the stripy ones yeah yeah people (laughs) people took the waters didn't they yeah yeah um and i i went to a talk recently a really interesting guy doing a talk about cold water swimming in brighton brighton hospital here used to be called brighton um something infirmary and uh water therapy center so they Mm -hmm. did use the cold waters to um i'm not sure that was the correct term but they they 
they did use the cold waters to, to, to help people. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's yeah. interesting. I mean, you know, they always used to say, oh, oh if having a touch of hysteria, a week yeah. by the yeah. sea, the fresh air, the sea air will cure her. You know, it's... That's true, isn't it? Yeah. We do say that. It's a cliche. Oh, the sea air. Yeah. Mm. You know, and it, oh, it tires you out. Maybe it just relaxes you. Maybe that's what it is. But it does have hugely beneficial effects to, to you as a human, I yeah. think. Yeah. Very much so. It's magic, isn't it? I mean, I haven't watched the. I mean, there's been the TV program, hasn't there? Is it the Wim Hof? Oh thing? yes. I haven't. Yes. I haven't been watching it. I, maybe I should, but I just think it's definitely becoming more of a thing. It seems since lockdown, people have been trying to find ways to. I don't know whether it's to pass the time or to new hobbies or to maybe yeah. to, you know to help their minds. And they've read about the benefits and stuff of it. And I think it is definitely becoming more of a thing. People, less people look at me like I'm mad mm. when I say I open water swim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, you're right. And there's a lot of talk these days, uh, you know, about mindfulness and about, you know, maintaining your mental health. And some of it is done, some, you know, there are, there are obviously companies that have realised, you know, we have to keep our staff happy, otherwise they're all going to, you know, yeah. be overworked and stressed. And um, But I think mindfulness can be can be just as simple as putting your hand in some water. It's, mm-hmm. um, it, 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 it's it 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 is an accessible thing if you open your eyes and you look and see what's around you mm-hmm. um, uh, um, and yeah there's a lot of talk now about you know the, the reconnecting with nature and the importance of nature um i just find it sad that we have to stress that yeah it's i find that that's what it saddens me that we've got to a point where we have to go you know oh look at nature mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, just a reminder <laughs> Because nothing makes me happier. There's nothing make me happy. I was in the sea the other day and I was just bobbing away, sort of, you know, looking at Brighton. And uh, I thought it doesn't matter where you are in life, what you're doing. This is just, it's just, it's just as delicious and just as enjoyable. Who, whoever you are, whatever you're doing, you know, it's 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 free. It's there. Mm-hmm. It's accessible. You know, even if you have got mobility issues and you can't get in the water, just being by the water and um yeah enjoying nature's shapes and patterns and yeah yeah I think that that's it isn't it I mean yesterday I went obviously it was absolutely boiling yesterday I was like a big sweaty mess so after school I I took the kids and we just went and we didn't we didn't go fully in they can't swim just yet so they're there in their ridiculous life jackets um and and we just sat I was probably sort of waist deep we just sat down and the kids were having such a good time being like pushed around by the waves and I was as you say sat just sat sitting immersed in it looking back at the shore and watching the happiness of yeah. on the beach and there was no one like you walk around you walk around a city you walk around a town everyone's you know glued to their phones or they're yeah. they're glued to something and they've got their minds in different places but at, I don't know it's a really like anecdotal thing I suppose but when when you just sat by the beach everyone just seems there yeah 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 in the so, moment <laughs> in the moment yeah and isn't that that's um and all the thing we're taught to do, it's very hard to do in the modern world. Mm. Um, but um, being in the moment and enjoying the pleasure in front of you, yeah, it's it's great. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, but I'm really a dipper. I'm a sea dipper. Mm. I say sea swimmer, but I'd be that would be. I'm really using current. It's the current is doing all of the work. I'm <laughs> I'm quite a dipper. Um, do you swim properly? Are you are you a proper? I do in lakes. I'm a I'm a lake swimmer. 
but right. I see splasher. <laughs> right, okay, you say splasher, I say dipper. Okay, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah. a wallower. <laughs> is that because is that because you find it harder in the waves or uh no it's because of i'm i i'm more scared of what's in the sea and i think because i don't know i've got this thing in my head obviously i know where i am in norfolk i know there's a lot of these you know where it suddenly will just drop off on a shelf yeah. and i don't like the feeling of being it's probably a control freak thing but i don't like the feeling of being out of my depth so, yeah, and I know how how quickly the sea can take. I've had it before where I've been. Luckily, it was in Dorset, and the water was crystal clear. Where the, you know when the waves take you back, take you. Yeah. And I, I'm fine. It was fine, but because I could see. But if I, if that was to happen in the in like in the Norfolk coastal waters where it's all murky, it would just be oh no, never again. <laughs> so. so, but will you swim out of your depth in a lake? Yeah, I know that's really weird, yeah. isn't it? Because <laughs> I'm the complete opposite. Then okay. I I really struggle in um, fresh water. Mm. I really st- I'm much happier. No, I'd be quite happy if the sea just plummeted away from underneath. In, in mm. you know, like, you know, sometimes <laughs> when you're on holiday, you go beyond the reef and then it just goes. Mm-hmm. I love that now. Wow, I love that. I love because it's like, what's down there? Oh, <laughs> you know? That's the yeah. problem. That's the. Pro- I mean, there's the. Wait. There's some there's some times where I mean like up in Wales there'd be the, the lakes in the mountains and they were deep. Like you could paddle mm-hmm. around the shore and it was fine, but you could see that it just it just plummeted. And those ones I was like, no, no, no. No, I get much more scared <laughs> about things in lakes. Really mm. I, I think it's um it's reeds and rushes mm. and grasses in lakes and also um fresh is very unforgiving, I find. It has because it doesn't have the salty buoyancy, <laughs> yeah. so it, I I say it has a very it has a mean grip on you. It'll let it'll slip. It'll let you slip, and that's I uh, that's why I'm happier in the sea. I think it's got it, it just cushions you ever so slightly that that salty buoyancy. Yeah, but but a lake will just yeah. I think I'd be even less happy in a river. Yeah. This is not to say that I don't enjoy the beauty of them. I equally enjoy the beauty of rivers and lakes. It's just when it comes to their slightly um, mean embrace, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm more at home in the sea. Yeah. 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 The cold lava could take you away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I went, I, went, I went for a lake swim with my brother last year. He lives in Surrey and there's some beautiful lakes near him where you can go swimming. And, it, and lakes tend to get colder in the winter than the sea does. And mm-hmm. um, that was, I'm going to say, mind-meltingly cold. <laughs> and I didn't have a wetsuit on. There were, and it was, yeah, it was a very, very steely experience. Chilly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know there's um there's some uh, one of our favorite places to go was um up the side of one of the sides of Snowdon there was these series of waterfalls that had created these natural pools oh, beautiful. absolutely absolutely gorgeous but we went up there in July and it was probably about 25 26 degrees outside I did this really unattractive slip and slide into it accidentally because the rocks were really slippy oh didn't think how cold it would be and uh, oh my kids were filming me and honestly it's <laughs> The most well, looking yeah. back it's hilarious but I was just I always say I was breathing like a fish on land it was just absolutely it's yeah <laughs> it's alarming isn't it when it does yeah. take your breath away I mean yeah it is alarming it's um uh yeah that's why that's why once you've got past that point when you've when you've deliberately wanted to enter the sea yeah. not just sort of <laughs> yeah 
pressed <laughs> into it. <laughs> it's um, it's a great exercise in sort of mind over matter when you do sort of, yeah, those sort of ninety seconds, two minutes in, and you can <laughs> breathe, breathe again. <laughs> yeah. Breathe again. You can breathe normally. Yeah, no, it always is. It's just, but then do you always find it's like when you get in and people on the side are watching you and you're going, <gasps> and then after five minutes, you're like, oh, it's fine once you're used to it. Yeah, it's lovely once you're in. <laughs> like cliche. I went swimming up in the north of Scotland at the end of last year and the beaches up there are just beautiful. Absolutely stunning, and you know, people people do say they look like the Caribbean beaches. You're like, oh, come on, but actually, they do this white sand and blue sea, and it's mm-hmm. they're just gorgeous. Um, and I went for a swim up there, and I could see people watching me going, What's she doing? I was like, it's lovely once you're in. She <laughs> used to it, it's fine, yeah, yeah, absolutely stunning. No, I it's, it's one place that I've not explored yet, but it's on the list, it's just so far away, it's quite a long way away. <laughs> It is quite a long way away. Especially from you, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, but uh, very worth a visit, very much worth a visit. So I'm curious to know, sort of, you're an ocean ambassador uh, for the for the Marine Conservation Society, which is why we're here chatting today for yeah. the Marine Series. But I'd just like to know, sort of, why why it was that you became an ocean ambassador, why you felt it was important, and sort of what, sort of what, work, what work do you do to sort of you know spread the word that's what I want to hear more about um well I um, in my spare time I love to go scuba diving which is a hobby that I took up sort of later in life I only learned about seven years ago um but again it was something that very much I without wanting to be over dramatic I think it changed my life I think it really did I think um uh, it opened up my eyes to the to the unbelievable beauty and wonder under the water um and the just the diversity of life, the bizarreness of life down mm-hmm. there, the fierceness of it. The it's just the color. I just yeah, it blew my mind. So, um, for the last seven years, I've sort of gone various places scuba diving, and I'm all, I'm very very aware that I'm in a, you know, it's it's not a sport that is accessible to everybody, and I'm very lucky to be able to do it. I'm in a privileged position where I can take myself away and go and lovely trips and experience these things which I know is not possible for everybody so I I think um, it was just being able to sort of highlight the wonder and the the importance of the oceans to people who maybe aren't necessarily that connected to it Um, and uh, I'm lucky enough every now and again to do bits and bobs of television where you know we'll, we'll do a charity event where I'm able to sort of donate to a charity and I thought well um I enjoy the sea so much and I haven't I felt like I hadn't I wasn't doing my bit <laughs> I was enjoying the sea but I wasn't doing my bit so I thought well if I if I try and sort of hook up with the um marine conservation society then perhaps I can bring something back to a place where I feel very happy and feel very alive so that's how it started really I I, I donated one of my uh, tv fees to it to to them and uh, they got in touch and we started communicating from there and uh, and now I'm, I'm an ambassador for them and um uh i uh you know try and raise awareness as much as i can within that within that parameter mm-hmm. um yeah I, I, you know i i 
I don't do it. I'm not, don't, I'm not, I'm not constantly out there doing things for them, but it's just, it's just getting involved with the beach cleanups and that sort of thing, um, making people aware of the importance just the, the real importance of our oceans mm-hmm. you know it covers such a huge part of our planet they're they're essential and you know looking after our animals um uh, my attitude towards sharks has changed dramatically over the last 10 years i think like a lot of people i used to i used to have this i'm going to say a rational fear of sharks i think i think the film jaws had a lot to do with yeah. kids of the 70s I so. <laughs> yeah i think it did and you know now having been able to see them in the wild and just just how beautiful these animals are um i think it's just so important to raise awareness about protecting them and of course on our own shores as well mm-hmm. we have sharks around the uk as well yeah. um um so yeah yeah that's 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 really my role um uh and and i I suppose it's trying to i and even though i'm an ambassador for for the charity you know i like a lot of people you know you get frustrated and you think what what can i do what's the point what what, you know how am i going to make an impact on such a big problem and how are we going to clean up our oceans and sometimes it's just as simple as i walk down the beach and pick up rubbish if it's there and you think well at least that's no longer on the beach you know yeah. being a, particularly where i live in brighton um uh we have a real big problem here in the summer with people coming down enjoying the beach and then just leaving all of their trash on yeah. the beach which is i find that so heartbreaking i find it so heartbreaking for a couple of reasons a it destroys the environment but b if you're trashing a place that you've come to enjoy it says to me that you have no real feel of what you're enjoying you have no ownership over it mm-hmm. you don't trash something you love and own you don't trash something that you appreciate you don't trash something that means something to you so to there's clearly then a disconnect between people and how they're viewing the world that they're living in mm-hmm. that you know it's i just wouldn't do it because i care about the planet i care about what it looks like i i i want to look after it i want to you know nurture it mm-hmm. not destroy it so whilst i get annoyed and angry with people that do that then i think well there's clearly there's clearly a disconnect between how they're viewing the world yeah maybe they don't view it as theirs mm-hmm. it is theirs it's all of ours look after it tend it tidy up yeah protect it um you know yeah it's, i think uh, it's as simple as that it's it's i find i struggle i find it hard to understand why why someone would go on a hike and with their full picnic and then dump the bag of all the rubbish next yeah. to a rock like are you expecting someone else to clean it up are you just yeah, expecting yeah. it to stay there what what's yeah yeah <laughs> and, I, and i think you know this is a this is this is small fry in a world of you know where we're trying to sort out pollution and plastics mm. and all of those things but starts do the little things and it's yeah that there's clearly a disconnect between people's idea of who they are and their place in their world if they feel that it's all right to trash it and i think that's sad mm-hmm. um i think they should I, I think people should have um you, you know invest invest in your love of the planet mm-hmm. it's part of you that's the thing i think it's people have become, 
people have become so disconnected i don't i never realize that like, on the beach and things i never know because I've, I've been sat you know down a chroma or whatever and watched people having a, a coffee on the beach and they've put their cup down and you can and i look and go they're going to leave that cup i know that they're going to get up and leave that cup on the yeah, beach are they expecting someone else to go and pick it up because my six-year-old normally does and normally goes and hands it to them but you know i don't stop him <laughs> yeah yeah he drops this um yeah yeah. but I don't understand are they expecting someone else to do it do they just not is is it a lack of care I just it's hard to pin it down I think yeah I think I do think it comes down to a lack of connection maybe that's what it this is all about you know yeah um yeah um and until we sort that out it's Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, because, you know, it's June now and I know, you know, July, August, they get so busy down here and you get you walk down in the, in the morning and you're just like, I can't believe people are doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's absolutely mad. And I, I just, I think, as yeah, as I say, as, as the summer comes in, it gets worse. But I can go for a walk to some of the more sort of remote beaches that you have to walk to get to and you still find oh. it, you know, you still find stuff there. And it's just, oh. it's it's mind-blowing that you know it, it has such this wi- a wide reach you know you come to these supposedly rural areas where there's no there's very little human interaction and yet there's yeah. a water bottle or a or a full carton of milk I found once down there oh, okay That's yeah. Interesting. yeah it was gone off so it wasn't yeah. useful but. <laughs> but it's interesting you know I was I was going through um I was I, I was going away somewhere recently and um you know more and more we're putting water stations in in railway stations and airports and you know to cut down on plastic and um and uh, disposable bottles and you put those things in place people use them mm. they get used people do want to do, you know the majority of people do actually do want to do the right thing it's just yeah. you know providing these facilities for them and 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 governments thinking ahead with things like that and um so i find it interesting if you make things if you put systems in place people will use them if you make things accessible for people I mean I think a big thing I I know I've found I've been guilty of it if you're out with a I always take a reusable bottle always um but if you run out of water and you're somewhere where there's no you know there's nowhere to fill it up and you know the last few years people have been obviously hesitant to take your bottle off you and fill it up in cafes and stuff you know I think I think that's that's starting to change a little bit now but um it's definitely you know it's been I think that's probably been a cause of me going into a cafe and saying, oh, I'll buy a bottle of water on the way out rather than just filling it up. And because the facilities haven't been there. So as you say, it does, we can all do as much as we want, but as long (laughs) until it comes from higher up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My big bugbear as well is um, supermarket plastic. It's just, (laughs) I can't believe that they're still wrapping things that have already come in their own. Bananas. Bananas. Yeah. understand i just don't understand why does a banana need a house it already has a house (laughs) or if you buy a couple of avocados it comes in its own little canoe yes Yes. a canoe wrapped in plastic yes a canoe wrapped in plastic yes because again you know um God, when I was a kid, the streets were just littered with plastic bags because that's you got them free at supermarkets. You just people didn't think, and they just you know took loads of bags and they'd sort of fly around like autumn leaves in the streets, you know, in the wind. And thankfully, that has been massively reduced yeah. due to you know, legislation coming in and due to people being educated to bring a bag with you. There yeah. you go. You 
use it forever. Which I'm still useless. I just carry it all like yeah, to the <laughs> I've got a marvellous collection of totes bags that I now sort of, you know, I live in Brighton, so, you know, you've got to have an on-trend tote bag. Well, I've got loads of them. I just don't take yeah. them out. <laughs> useless. You need a bag for your bag. That's where it all gets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Bag for your bag and your reusable bottle. It's like, an ex- it's like an expedition every time you leave the house. Um, but that's, you know, that's, that's been a very, very effective piece um, of legislation. It's like, well, now take my broccoli out of its plastic thing, please. You yeah. know, I mean, as much as possible, I try and buy loose. You know, of course we do. I try and buy loose. So it's, you know, I think people want to. Yeah. I think people want to. And again, like the water bottle, water stations in stations and airports, if you just when we're not doing this anymore with the plastic people are like fair enough i think i agree people go oh okay yeah 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 the shops keep i think people keep saying oh it's the consumer it's the consumer they want a banana in a plastic bag but i want to i'd love to talk to someone who you know when you're you're stood in a supermarket and they've got the bananas that are just bananas and then the bananas in a bag next to them i'd love to just talk to the people who buy the bananas in a bag and say why are you buying a banana in a bag i'd love to know what's the thought process is it a cleanliness thing is it a well, I mean, if you're eating the banana skin in the first place, you've got a problem. Well, so, I mean, it's, it's like you know, it's in its own coat. Yeah. It doesn't need another one. It doesn't need an anorak on top of it. <laughs> That's just layering. A little poncho, like yeah, an Alton <laughs> It doesn't. In fact, you said not eating skins. I did. I was speaking to a friend the other day who made, I can't remember, what was it he said he made? some kind of thing food out of banana skins it was like a vegan replacement for something and I I was I was kind of convinced semi-convinced I've eaten banana leaves but never have have I eaten leaves have I used them as plates I can't remember (laughs) um uh I didn't think you could eat the skin of a banana I thought it was I think you can if you do things if you do things to it yeah yeah Yeah, no just go full in and (laughs) yeah bake it sprinkle it in sugar lovely Yeah, perfect. Yeah, it's perfect if you change it completely. Um, <laughs> but yes, no, that that's one bugbear for me. But I know um, my first episode for the Marine, Marine series, I spoke to Fionn and Kirsty, who were um, the volunteer and community engagement managers for Wales and Scotland. And they were saying about the when the plastic bag legislation came in in Wales, they've actually seen a 50 percent reduction in plastic bag use. And that's amazing. That's that's yeah. huge. Yeah. So it's, so it works. It does work. Yeah. yeah, it works. So, so just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> just do you know it. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's frustrating. Yeah, I very much doubt if 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 you know if the big, big supermarket chains just suddenly went, we're not doing this, anymore. we're not wrapping a cucumber in mm. this. You know, I very much doubt people would be stood at the door going, "Well, that's it, I ain't shopping here no more." Never you know, buying a cucumber again. No. Yeah. <laughs> And I get it. I get it that it's hard. I get it that people have other things to worry about, you know, mm. at the moment. I get it, all of that. But so if it's made easier mm. and helped along, then that's just better for everybody. You know, people have huge concerns at the moment. Um, and, you know, saving the planet as well as sort of heating your homes and putting enough yeah. food on your plate is, 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 you know, it's a lot to ask of people. Mm-hmm. Um so I think it's up to these big corporations to take responsibility at times and go, we're not going to do this anymore. This is how it's going to be because well, it's better for everybody. I think so. I think we all shout about how, you know, we have to make these big changes, but it's not that's if we all just 
could collectively make small changes, we'd have a huge impact. And I think if if those small changes seemed more tangible and more accessible to us, and I, as you say, I think people would would get on board. Yeah, but it's because it's it's the convenience we're so used to the convenience of things that it it feels like if we have to go in and make a change ourselves then oh no can't do that we're all we're all resistant to change in that way aren't we you know we're all guilty but if if yeah as you say if the corporations came in and just said we're changing this then one we'd have no choice and two it would be fine yeah 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 Yeah. we'd all get on with it yeah exactly yeah. and then you'd see the reduction of plastics on the beaches and I mean like I live near the um I'm super into my wading birds at the minute by the sea okay. <laughs> and my ground nesting birds so I've been I've been going along and watching these little oyster catchers and avocets where they're all nesting um near near quite near quite near to where I live so it's really exciting but the amount of times I've walked down and exactly where the 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 adults are walking they'll be wading through plastic and there'll yeah. be fishing wire and there'll be bottles and they're literally it's, it's as if they're kicking them out of the way to get and yeah, that's yeah. just it's heartbreaking yeah. so anything that we can do to sort of reduce that I'm on board with and I don't know why anyone else wouldn't be <laughs> yeah 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 and it's and it is hard like I say it's, it's hard and we can't reduce everything and we can't be you know it's, it's difficult living in a, in a contemporary world and not you know, not producing some sort of waste, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, something needs to be done pretty quick. Definitely, I don't know what, but don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> but I know something needs to change. Absolutely. <laughs> but just to go quickly back to while we fin- before we finish, I just we've obviously talked about all these you know small changes we can make, but. <laughs> How would you encourage people to get involved with either the ocean or with helping to clean up the oceans or just connecting? What? How can people do that? What would you, from your experience? Um, I th- for me, for me, it was when I started scuba diving and I started learning about, you know, um, just the, the diversity of life under there. It fascinated me, and that's what sort of you know kicked off my whole thing with it yeah um um and i and i like I said, i'm going to bring it back to that fact that you know it's the the countryside and the seaside and the coastline is there for everybody it's there for everybody it's it, it is ours it's all of ours and we all have a responsibility to, yeah. to connect with it and look after it we really really do um and this sounds, I'm going to sound like a terrible Brighton hippie now. Please bear with <laughs> Please bear with me. But just taking time to look properly at things, to really look at things, to look at the sea, to, to smell the ocean, to listen to it, um, I, found, I find that is um, such a pleasure. And once you have pleasure in something, once you you know have a respect for something, you want to nurture it. And um, uh, I know that I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm going to finish that with like a Tibetan singing bell, <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. It's I think it's true. And um, uh, we live very fast lives now. We live very to an extent isolated lives because we spend a lot of time on our computers and we spend a lot of time looking at our screens and we spend a lot of time rushing about and um 
just having having that being able to breathe and look and observe and enjoy um uh it's it's it, yeah i can't emphasize it enough it's just it's it's what gets me through life mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah and you know it yourself when you're watching your birds you know and your waders and people like look at you and go what yeah. <laughs> do you mean what and you go yeah but once you start really looking at them you're like these are incredible looking things look at that yeah yeah it's it's fascinating I think it's it's like having a curiosity and just being able to spark a curiosity. I mean, I I'm lucky enough to go. Um, I've, I'm part of a Norfolk Beach cleaning collective. Little plug there, but yeah. um, we we go down quite a lot. Me and a friend, um, Elizabeth, who is a marine biologist, and she is incredible. Her knowledge, she can just you know, like I can. Be, I'm I'm a pain in the ass. I walk along. Yeah. And I'm like, what's this? What's yeah. this? I know not everyone has an access to a friendly neighbourhood marine biologist, but yeah. <laughs> we do have access to Google. You know and. Yeah. the apps that you can just scan something and I know I'm the worst for going for a walk and scanning every plant as I go along to be to oh. find out what it is I never remember what it is but I think to curiosity is like such a gateway to caring and respecting and wanting yeah. to protect what's around us I think so yeah. embrace your curiosity that, that that's a very very good word and I yeah I completely agree with you it's, it's a curiosity it's open your eyes it's mm-hmm. open your eyes it's look around it's here it's now it's around you it's living it's breathing enjoy it you know get your eyes off your screen um and um yeah curiosity is a is a that is a great word yeah because you're right it's sort of it, from curio- from curiosity passions develop and then we have a passion you have a love for something and then you desperately want to protect it absolutely yeah I mean I mean with me I mean my birds I'm a I'm a notoriously crap birder but I that all started for me because I was stood I I was stood on watching this particular bird one day and I was like what the hell is that what on earth is that I've never seen that before and I googled this strange black and white bird with a beak you know the color of the beak and stuff and it came up and I was like oh that's interesting and once I'd seen that one I wanted to learn about what what was it it was an oyster catcher Um, I but I want peng- penguin. Oh, that yeah. is unusual in Norfolk. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's unusual in Wales. Um, but yeah, it just it sparked a curiosity and it opened the door to wanting to learn about more. I, I don't think you can look at the wood pigeon outside and not and learn about it, but then not know about the the blue tit that's next oh. to it or the you know the swifts that are flying above my house and screeching. You know, you can't. Yeah. For me, I don't understand how. I mean, I know my neighbours think I'm mad because I go outside and look up at the sky, but. I don't understand how you can hear the swifts that are nesting somewhere outside. You can hear them. They're screeching from like yeah. four o'clock in the morning. How you can hear it and not go, oh, I wonder what that is. What is that? Yeah. yeah. I've got a beautiful jay that comes and visits my garden. Aww. And I know jays, are, they're a bit of a bully of a bird, aren't they, the jays? I've heard bad things about jays. They're <laughs> a bit of boys of birds. Um, <laughs> but um, he's beautiful. Mm. He's big. Yeah. He's big and he's got the most incredible electric blue flashes in his wings. And he's absolutely beautiful. Um and I can just see that from my window. It's marvelous. Yeah. It's, isn't it? I saw my first Jay the other week and I was, Oh really? Uh, We've got yeah. quite a few Jays around here. I mean I'm I'm in Central Hove. Yeah. Um, but there must be a little um a, a, a gang of jays <laughs> sure collective now a group of jays again it's a, it's a trouble <laughs> of jays yeah just hanging out and intimidating all the other birds but they are stunningly beautiful mm-hmm. and it's quite funny i watched a woman i saw it on a wall and i saw this woman it was lovely 
she was in her own little world and then sort of went, oh, wow. And she was really <laughs> taken aback by how big this bird was and how beautiful yeah. it was. I could see her looking at it and go, oh, wow, that's, you know, and that was in, you know, in the middle of a town. It was lovely. Yeah. Nice moment. I think that's that's another thing just again quickly we could go off for hours I imagine but it's I think people have this thing and this was mentioned in the first episode of this marine series that people have this idea that to protect the oceans you need to be near the ocean but you don't at all because obviously it all starts from wherever you are it starts with your usage of things it starts with your recycling it starts with your plastic production you don't have to live near the coast like we do to have an impact because it all ends up there anyway it so, all ends up there. Everything yeah. we do, it's all connected. It's all yeah. connected. So yeah. I think by connecting with what's around you, wherever you are, even if you're in the most urban feeling place, you know, you get some incredible wildlife in urban areas, as oh, you totally, as you're saying. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah definitely. There, yeah. So yeah. I think embrace your curiosity. Have a look under a rock. <laughs> One of my favourite things. My niece is seven and, you know, her level of curiosity when it comes to animals and insects is brilliant, you know, and you can't help but be carried along by that. You know, we found a stag beetle and it's, it's like, wow, look at yeah. that, you know. I've yeah. still never seen one. Oh, yeah, big, big. Mm. Um, fascinating. Yeah, it's brilliant. And I think just by yeah. like getting out there and learning about what's around you then hopefully you know sparking as I say sparking that curiosity might just be the key yeah yeah you've got the word of the podcast that's it there you go (laughs) that'll be my quote yeah Yeah. (laughs) brilliant well thanks so much Zoe it's um brilliant I'm loving interviewing all the ambassadors I think it's just amazing learning everyone's sort of journeys and everyone's everyone's experiences with the ocean I know I said to you on the phone you know it's 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 so nice to interview people who come from a range of backgrounds and aren't yeah. so sort of a scientist studying a, a particular plankton in a particular part of the ocean it's nice to see you know talk to people who you know like me who just love it yeah that's it that's my background I bring absolutely no scientific or academic <laughs> skills whatsoever me neither just just an enthusiasm <laughs> I think that's I think that's 90% of it isn't it enthusiasm right. and passion so but Lovely. anyway thank you so much Zoe absolute pleasure enjoy the rest of the day and thank uh, you yeah happy happy wader hunting well, not <laughs> hunting obviously that's the wrong word searching thanks Zoe. <laughs> take care it was so good to have the chance to have this conversation with zoe As I said, I love hearing from people from a whole range of backgrounds and career paths, and especially people who, like Zoe, just have a lifelong passion for the natural world and want to spend their time protecting it. I am absolutely loving the opportunity to collaborate with the Marine Conservation Society for this special marine series. It's giving me, and I hope you as well, the chance to learn more about the brilliant people who are fighting together for the protection of our oceans. That way we can all continue to enjoy it, explore it and experience the benefits of the sea for years to come. To find out more about the work of the Marine Conservation Society, go to mcsuk.org or check out their social media channels. We spoke in this episode about the power of embracing your curiosity, so it feels fitting to end with a quote from Albert Einstein. I have no special talents. I am only passionately curious. I'm Charlie and this has been Mountain Conversations.